Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm the hot cross buns Jean carried around all day, Emma. And I'm Patty's other long lost son, Connor. So, what we got coming up this week, Emma? This week we will be discussing two weeks worth of EastEnders from Whitney's kidnapping to Jean's Easter surprises. <gasps> A quick disclaimer from E20. This episode is recorded during the pandemic. We are social distancing with us recording from home over Skype. The characters we are about to talk about are now self-isolating. P.T. Peter is doing online workouts. Cherry is self-isolating in the cupboard. The Panizars are back working from home, as that is where their call centre really thrives. Ruby is doing her yoga classes via Zoom. And remember everyone, tonight at 8pm we will be out on the square clapping for our Sonia. Scenes we are about to talk about with our favourite fictional characters were recorded before the coronavirus. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! Get out of my pub! You need a slapping den! You bitch! You cow! Look at your coat. Hello, princess. Frank! Please in the fridge. Sausage surprise! Hope, hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good, Good night. night. So we hope you liked our second disclaimer. Uh, we updated it a bit this week. We've got to let everyone know that, you know, <laughs> these people are safe. Um, you know, PT Peter's pay lessons are going down a, a storm online. I'm still um, obsessed with this whole these fictional characters are self-isolating, by the way. That's me every time. <laughs> Every time I start creasing. Do you think people actually watch EastEnders and go, well, if Jean's doing that, I can. Yeah. <laughs> if Kush can do it. kids up like Easter eggs, then I can. I love that it's now Easter in EastEnders because of all this. <laughs> I feel like I should get an Easter egg out. Do you think we're going to get a bit of like meta crossover where like EastEnders starts lockdowning? <laughs> 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 or do are we are we not going in that uh, direction? Do you think? Do you think they're not going to cover Corona? I don't know. I'm I wondering. Don't know. I don't know. I can't put it past them because obviously we're here and now it's ending in June, so yes. it's that whole bit where they've probably ended on this big duff duff, and then all of a sudden there's just this big space. So do they carry on straight from the duff duff, or do they have this moment where they'll go? Oh, and then we all self-isolated. Or do they just have this random gap? How do you get up to Christmas? Because now the time frames are muddled up. I know. I mean, I'm so I'm confused. Just, is, the, is the final Duff Duff just going to be like, Habib, I go... The credits, because that would be terrifying. I'd be like, listen, I need to know what happened. I mean, even if it is June-ish when they, they cut the final episodes and we end on a cliffhanger and we never see them for another, like, eight months or something, me and Emma will still be here, guys. Oh, we yes. We are not giving up. We have a plan. We do. As you know, we are pretty obsessed with Redwater, with Kat and Alfie. Or should I say Kathleen? <laughs> Who isn't Emma? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Kathleen. Got to get it right, Emma. Got to get it right. Oh, well, Kathleen. So what we're going to do is, as it's on Netflix, so you can all join in. So each week we'll be taking an episode of Redwater and then reviewing it like we do with EastEnders. So watch it along with us, ready for the episodes. Join in, send us your thoughts and you could send it via voice note or you can just tweet us and we'll play them. So we'll tell you a bit more when it comes to it because it seems like it's going to be soon. (laughs) 
yeah, it is. <laughs> Where they were like, June. I was like, oh, lovely. <laughs> Just right round the corner. <laughs> I looked at the calendar. I was like, as if that's three weeks away. June. scary, isn't it? Scary. So, yes, we will be making up for the EastEnders famine by reviewing some red water. Come review it with us. But whilst EastEnders is on, let's round it up. Duh. So last week we left off with Whitney almost running away and instead of running away again, snatched up by Michaela. But now everyone else is left to deal with the fallout. Start with Grey. So our favourite person, Grey's boss, back on the scene. (laughs) Creeping. 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 I mean, does she even live around there? That's what it feels like. She creeps up on him. She's like, hi, hi, Leo. Uh, it's hi, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. I've been communicating with Leo from beyond the grave, and uh, I think we've got a strong case. <laughs> oh, like, I just love that she just creeps around, lets herself into, like, Grey's house, knocks at his door whenever she feels like it. Like, woman, do you not understand that this is his life, his street, his town. Like, you're from God knows where. You just waltz around, like, demanding things off of him. You've even sacked him. <laughs> she does me head in every week. I love that <sighs> she still is here just to blame him about Leo. But I'm like, <laughs> you hired him too. And you also hire Grey. She's also the senior the senior member of them two, isn't she? She'll have she the overall have say. More experience. She'll have had the overall say on it. Yeah, but she's also got. She must have more years under her belt than Grey, and more expertise. So surely, if anyone was going to notice if Leo was Dodge and Grey was Dodge, it'll be her. So it's her fault. Yes, I'm with you there. Yeah. So she comes God. here to say she wants to. Speak to Whitney and Grey. Oh. Unnecessary. I, mean, I it's weird when she's like helping herself to like coffee around it, you know, Grey's house. That's weird. She's like, I know I don't live around here, I know I live about like three hours away, but I'm gonna come knock at Grey's door and just see how he's doing. I don't even think she ever knocks. Like there's been times where you see her in the house and it looks like she's just let herself in, like, hey Grey. I know it's weird. It's me. <laughs> Is she in the loft as well? Like, do you think she just lives up there? <laughs> just comes down for a cup of tea. Grey's actually illegally subletting. <laughs> <laughs> Without even knowing. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes and calls Whitney's case a sob story and says, sob stories don't win. I know. I love that. I thought, have you ever watched reality TV? <laughs> All the winners of any reality TV always seem to have, well, you know, my... Ed Pomeranian was minced by a, a passing truck. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's always some dramatic story. I don't get why she would say that. It's so inappropriate. So we move on to our son, our doctor son. I mean, let it not be said that Sonia is, you know, gives anything less than her best effort. She called up for Whitney twice. Exactly. Twice. Don't let, don't snub that, Emma. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so Whitney didn't come down. So Sonia was like, oh, she must be dead to the world. I'll just offer the toast to Dottie and I'll play the radio and have a dance. I don't know why she thought, oh, I'll just carry on with the day. You know, after a psycho was living in the attic. Do you not think Whitney might have needed you to pop up? 
I know she wasn't there, but be worth checking. Yeah, maybe. Because when someone's silent and also have just gone through a trauma, it tends to mean something bad. But yes, uh, Sonia had other things on her mind, didn't she, Emma? Oh, yes, she wanted her bills paid. Yeah. <laughs> Even tried bribing Dottie with some toast. <laughs> yeah, why don't you have Whitney's toast? That'll be the rent, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Dottie was having none of it, so she just stormed out. It was very food orientated this opening episode, like of the, the two weeks. It was I felt like, like, cause then as soon as it came from that, like the toast situation, we then jumped to Jean talking about hot cross buns. Oh, I love that. I bought her hot cross buns. <laughs> I have to say, like, I know she lived with them for a long time and stuff, and she's obviously the auntie of like of Stacey's child. Like, but I kind of found, like, Jean's friendship with her a bit out of nowhere. Like, I think it's because no one went to, like, help her, you know, when she was in court or, like, business when she was in jail. So, like, whenever anyone gets involved, I'm always like, What's It's happening? always weird because, like, well, where were you at this time, you know, <laughs> when she needed everyone? Whitney loves her, her Uncle Max. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Do you remember that? I was going to say when uh, Max went to see Bex and then had to go to Stuart, who always was with Bex, and said he shouldn't be there, but Max was never with Bex. Listen, Max is very close to his his family. I know we don't say it, ever, but, you know, he is very close. So Jean breaks a plate in this moment. Yes. Sonia's not bothered, but Jean is, and she goes to put everything in the bin. And because Sonia's already put the toast in the bin at this point, not noticed the letter that says Sonia. But Jean does. That was weird as well. Like, (laughs) I do know that Jean's obviously off her meds at the moment. And maybe that's why she's making all these strange choices, like clawing through someone's bin. Um, But if I saw in someone's bin, like, an envelope, I would just presume they'd already opened it or binned it deliberately. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'll take that. (laughs) Sonia, you forgot your meal. Sonia, you haven't opened this one. Covered in like, you know, yesterday's tea. Sonia. I would automatically think that it was already opened. I wouldn't think yeah. that that was a, a letter waiting to be opened. Jean's psychic and she was like, Sonia hasn't opened this letter. <gasps> Maybe she is. Maybe we'll have to get her on uh, Mostly Ghostly. <gasps> next year. Yeah, this year. This year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this year we've got Big Mo coming so hard. <laughs> oh, true, we've got Big Mo this year. See, yeah. there's no sense of time here. Are our EastEnders now. No, the rest of it was... <laughs> Lockdown's completely frazzled our, our sense of time. <laughs> so they open the letter and it turns out Whitney has ran away because obviously this was the letter she was writing everyone. Because as we said, you always write a letter before you run away so people can find it when you've been kidnapped and think you've run away. Because it adds tension and drama. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Because they are the things that you really worry about, you know, right before you run away. When you're really stressed out, when you're suffering because, you know, you've been traumatised your entire life, the first thing you worry about is, what would make the most dramatic exit? I know, I'll write a farewell letter and then not go and then get kidnapped. But wasn't it everyone's in there? It wasn't just Sonia's. And they only took yeah, out Sonia's. <laughs> because you put in Callum's, Chantel's, Mick. Um, cat I think she put one too as well they were all in the bin and Jean didn't pick them out <laughs> I love that Jean only cares about Sonia's <laughs> <laughs> oh Sonia's a letter for you <laughs> <laughs> it might be something to do with your trumpet 
despite all this happening, Emma, they didn't want to worry Bianca. Oh, no, no. Why would because, you? Because, I mean, you know, that would be silly, wouldn't it? You know, Emma, but no, you wouldn't want no, to. No, no. No. And God forbid you even bother to phone Carol. Oh, she'll never I mean, answer. She'll, well, she's too busy with whichever man she's with now, isn't she? <laughs> and don't forget! <laughs> oh, I'll never let go, Carol. Carol is like my arch enemy on EastEnders. It was great when you told me because I was like, oh my God, that's how I feel about Carol. <laughs> she's so neglectful and she's got such a... I don't know how this has become a Carol bashing moment, but like... Just, oh my God, it. it's that bitch, Carol Jackson. It is. Yes. Oh my god, you're literally Joe Exotic. Connor I'm Exotic like versus Carol Jackson. <laughs> I've got my three husbands, uh, Jay, uh, uh, Keegan, and uh, uh, Gray. <laughs> we got married in a beautiful ceremony. <laughs> and I'm going to send Carol Jackson some, some snakes for her birthday. That bitch, Carol Jackson. <laughs> Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> Honestly, like, Bianca is becoming Carol, though, because all of my issues with Carol are now becoming issues with Bianca. This is an important moment. Bianca should be here. I know. <laughs> Why is she not? <laughs> I can't have Bianca becoming Carol Jackson. I don't know why they can't pretend that she's been around to see Whitney. Like, we don't need to see it. We just need to know she's been there. Or she's ra- even rang. She's not even ringing. Yeah. It is so weird. She better be at the court case, mind. She better be. If she doesn't turn up, that's it. I mean, it's weird when you have funerals and stuff and the characters aren't there, but you can kind of get over it. But when, you know, the daughter is literally on a murder trial, <laughs> it's, it's a bit weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's what bothers me so much about it. It's so bothersome. Like, I'm like... God, like, you're basically saying that Bianca doesn't care. Like, come on. It's Bianca. Bianca did kind of start everything by, you know, introducing Leo into the situation. Which doesn't help my current feelings. We basically got her for like three episodes. (laughs) She she brought a crazy stalker and then didn't bother to tell her kids about him and then left again. And now we've never seen her since. I just, we just need her back. So, Grey comes to brief Whitney, but Jean's not having the lies that everyone else is going to say, like, oh, um, she's having a rest. Oh, she's not here yet. Uh, she's like, she ran away. I love it. It's like a Jean speaking a truth moment, isn't it, all over again? <laughs> <laughs> but at least Laura can see her support network. I mean, yeah, that's the important thing, isn't it? A support network, you know, as we've just said. Bianca and Carol aren't there. Tiff's normally with the tailors. She didn't really step up when Whitney was in prison. No. She was just there every now and then for her. She just popped up to turn around and go, I'm really worried about Whitney. Yeah. And then she'd walk out the door and disappear. <laughs> well, that's going to help. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that input, Tiff. <laughs> I hate it. It's like Whitney's stories turn everyone alike into neglectful people. Yeah. It's so awful. And then... Jean hasn't really done anything for her and Kush, well, she already knew that he was part of this situation because he went and had to say he was guilty in court and made everything a whole lot worse. Yeah, because then it made it look like there wasn't. You know, pushed him off a balcony. Yeah, 
It made it look like there was a campaign against Leo. Yeah. (laughs) So Laura believes the whole support network thing, which is weird. And she also believes that Whitney's ill, which I I loved Mm -hmm. when Jean went, what's wrong with her? And they were like, Jean, what are you? Uh, (laughs) We're making this up. And she's like, oh, is she upstairs? Which was a weird thing to ask. And then Grace like, yeah, she's having to lie down. And I'm thinking, whoa, if I was the boss here, I would be, why is my employee and his client in the same house with one upstairs lying down having a little sleep? That is true. That is true. Maybe mm. she's a, a Britney fan as well. <laughs> Yuck. Maybe secretly that's what she's hoping for. Sorry, I just feel a bit um, sick. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, this just proved to me everything that we've said about Laura is correct. She is the person to blame when it comes to hiring the wrong people because she believes anything that anyone tells her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, I'm actually the third uh, cousin of Henry VIII. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Whitney's unwell, even though, even though, you know, you've not heard anything from her. Um, doesn't look like anything's going on in this house to begin with. And uh, they're very adamant that you can't go upstairs. Yeah, she's just unwell. Yeah, I love how she's not suspicious of this group of people doing anything to stop her going to see Whitney. Or asking about where Whitney is. Or telling her where Whitney is. She's just like, oh yeah, this is lovely. Thank you all for being here today. <laughs> She's like a robot. She's like, thank you for your, for your cooperation. I shall leave now. <laughs> Do robot arms. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's always in Grace. It's a robot. It makes sense. It's got programmed time. Off to Grace now. I would like coffee, Grey. It also makes sense how she could get in as well without key. She yeah. probably like gizmos or something, like, you know, built in where she just, just puts her finger yeah. in the door locks it. <laughs> like a hook and it just opens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or she could probably just teleport inside. <laughs> I think she's from Doctor Who or something. I swear she is. This is how the Cybermen invade the world, through Laura and her law firm. I am Laura. <laughs> I do not understand. What do you mean people lie? Like, I think that is definitely... She's trying to learn why people lie and she's trying to understand how to tell who's, you know, rubbish and who's evil. That's what she's doing, Emma. Laura's going to take over the world. Laura's coming after the world. But don't worry, Whitney's not unwell. Nor has she ran away. She's just chilling in Michaela's bedsit of terror. What a lovely little place she was left with, though. A kitchen. A bed. Well, firstly, a kitchen would have knives, and knowing Whitney's past at the moment, surely Michaela would have thought, mm, get rid of those. Um, she's got a lovely window she could jump out of, which obviously she didn't. Uh, she's got a door that she could easily unlock, but she didn't. And obviously we later find out she had a phone, which she didn't use. But I thought if, if you were going to be kidnapped and you were going to pick anyone, she even had a blooming on sweet toilet. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's EastEnders, so the kidnappings are always quite high. Keanu used to scrimp and so did Martin and they would just dump you in a warehouse. Exactly. But the Panasaws, they would take you to a nice warehouse. Let TV. You watch TV. Yeah. 
And, you know, Michaela's just upped it even further. She's like, listen, they might take you to these dot heaps, but I'm not like that. I'm going to take you to the Ritz. I'm going to take you to the Ritz version of, of kidnappings. <laughs> On a scale of Michaela to Keanu, got to call him Keanu, <laughs> which kidnapping would you prefer? <laughs> I think Michaela. Although Keanu did have, Keanu had chains. so He you did, know. yeah. Did wrap you up no. in chains. Oh, yeah. Chains and, and whips excite him. Because <laughs> I'm every person. But I'm perfectly good at it. <laughs> it's not 820 if we're not saying that. It's just not. What's it called where they, um, they go, you go and stay over at people's like, houses? What's it called? Like you pay, like they're not there. <laughs> like you're, there. <laughs> you're just like sitting down with like the Oh, um, Airbnb. 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 I think opening up Airbnb. Like, Maybe like, she is. Come on in. Whitney's testing it. Yes. The kidnap version. <laughs> Imagine. Airbnb kidnap version. Would you like to stay with Michaela, the Panazars, or Keanu? <laughs> it's the themed version. <laughs> would you like a warehouse? <laughs> or would you like a dirty little bed sit with an ensuite? The only thing... Michaela needs a TV because the Panazars have that, but she doesn't. If she gets that, I mean, yeah. I think people will be going all Airbnb on her. I think so too. It kind of reminded me of that escape rooms we did. You know, oh, yeah. the one ripped up all paper because we thought there was a secret behind. Oh my God, it was so bad. We were like, oh, there must be something behind the wallpaper because it's coming off. So we pulled it down. It turned out, no, their wallpaper was just ripping. It's just ripping off. Me and Emma, Emma <laughs> partner, had went to the most cheapest, I won't say its name to shame it, but we went to the cheapest um, escape rooms ever. And, like, we'd never went there at all. We just we just thought, we'll take a gamble, we'll go there. It'll probably be fun. So I had just got off the train, because this was when Connor was living over in Birmingham, and he got told by the woman when we came in to calm down. So you knew we were going to have a fun time then, didn't you? <laughs> It's the way you were like, yeah, but my friend's just arrived. And she's like, I need you to calm down. I was just like, wow. <laughs> then she locked me in. Remember that? I thought, is this the escape room? Like, is this the escape room? It's like she just locked the door. <laughs> she was Michaela. <laughs> Do you remember when we were just playing around with the locks? Because it was like no sense of where we should go first or anything. So we were just playing with the locks and opened them all by accident. And later on, you needed to do that. And we had already done all those clues. So we were like, you needed the, the, oh. the cords or something from them, didn't we? And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Probably going to have to try and work that out now. <laughs> but the best part of it, without a doubt, has to be she closed two doors, but we assumed... It was a bit of an odd place that maybe she was just closing two doors for another reason. So we had over five minutes left or something. But, oh, yeah. well, we'll just have a sit down. <laughs> yeah, we're just chilled. Because it's all we'd open the door and we were yeah. just chilling around. And I was like, don't worry, guys, we'll get you with coats. We'll get you with coats. And then we started, like, walking. I was like, we've done it, we've done it. And as we started walking over, I just went, oh, my God, there's another door. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, why great. didn't Whitney just rattle some doors and stuff? I'm sure there'll be keys hidden around in there. She should have done an escape room. She should have opened them drawers, looked for a code. She should have, you know, pulled some wallpaper off, you know, ripped her, Michaela's wig off. I'm sure there would be a key hiding under there. Like, oh, come on. 
Whitney. Do you think Michaela was in the other room with one of the walkie-talkies where they can go, <laughs> if you look in... <laughs> Giving her clues. Yeah. So, it's sort of related to Leo, <laughs> and it's very close and wooden. <laughs> Whitney picks up a picture frame of Michaela and uh, Leo on Mother's Day. <laughs> Is it this? <laughs> no, but it's just to remind you of what you took from me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Michaela has gone completely off her rocker, hasn't she? She has lost all sense of reality. She hates Whitney, but she likes Whitney. She doesn't believe Whitney, but then she believes Whitney. She doesn't feel sorry for Whitney, but then she does feel sorry for Whitney. And there's loads more going on, which we'll get onto later, where I'm just like, what? Because then also, I think she's still forgetting that Leo smacked her over the head and locked her in a boot. And that she originally came to the square because she was going to help Wit because she didn't want Leo to go and stalk her. But no, she's forgotten all that. She's doing a, an ash. She's a very complicated she individual. She's got a lot of feelings because, I mean, just the other week she accused uh, Whitney of basically leading Tony on. But now she knows what Tony was like. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning, Michaela. Let's start from the beginning. So, she starts off, doesn't she, by basically accusing Wait of murder, demanding that she confesses to her version of the truth, quite like Leo did. Remember that little little holiday getaway they had in the countryside where he demanded Whitney tell the truth that wasn't the truth? Um played out Leo's lovely little mad message that he left her, which was odd. I mean, surely she knew exactly how crazy he was anyway. Like you said, he hit her over there with a flipping, like, briefcase and locked her in the boot of his car. God. And then, like Whitney even says, she tries to get Whitney drunk, which was very ominous. That was like a leaf out of flipping Tony's book or something. It was very creepy. Yeah, get, get some drink down here. And then she's like, well, it doesn't matter how drunk I get, my story will stay the same. I love that because it was just like, yes. Shut up, Michaela. But before all that, Max calls Whitney and Whitney's phone rings. And Michaela's like, oh, <laughs> you got a secret phone. How is it secret? You literally got her at knife point when she had her bag on. What else is she going to carry in her bag? She carries a person, her phone and her keys. What do you expect? And also, why would she even tell you anyway? Of course it's a fluent secret phone. You're a kidnapper. Why did she not use it, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Emma, don't. We'll go down this road and we'll be here for hours. <laughs> 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 so, Michaela's adamant that this phone proves all of her theories that um, Whitney ripped Leo away from her. Ripped him away from her. I think you'll find... Um, Leo did that when he hit you over the head, kidnapped you, and then tried to ki kill Whitney. That That's how that happened. That's how that went down. And also she made a statement, stabbed to death. And it kind of, the way oh, she yeah. says it, it makes it sound like she's going, he, 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 <laughs> like he knifed him over and over again. It's like, it was one knife wound. Of course it's not, you shouldn't go around knifing people. But like, he also slipped onto the knife. It's very clear. Was like she went out and stabbed him to death, like she's saying. I think she's also forgetting the part where Leo chased Whitney around with the knife. Yes, yes. And obsessed about her for months. And Maybe you know, even years. What about the bit where he was living in the attic? Is she not remembering that? Or did she not know about that yet? It's a pretty well, big part. 
Michaela. That is quite a large part, but I think Michaela's just pretending like facts and reality don't exist all the time. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Michaela confesses she knew. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's unusual. Because <laughs> it literally just goes from like her like adamant that Whitney's to blame, Whitney's to blame, um, to then being like, are you all right, Whitney? But okay? that's the whole bit where she's like, I hate Whitney. I like Whitney. I don't believe Whitney. No, I do believe Whitney. <laughs> I don't understand. I just loved it because then, like, they basically retcon all of the history of Tony, which was that, fabulous. Yeah, I noticed that. We always love a retcon. So, yeah, apparently Tony had been up to his shenanigans, you know, his sinister shenanigans his entire life, basically. Michaela knew about it. Saying things like, this was what was really disturbing, by the way. Michaela makes this comment about how he would look at schoolgirls, but then she just thought, well, all men do that. Can I just say, on behalf of every other male on the planet, no, they don't, Michaela. That was so disturbing. Like, what men has she been around? Like, why would you say that? Exactly. It's so weird. Oh, it's just creepy. So, yeah, she did know, and Tony, we find out, Whitney was not his first victim. It was their babysitter. Babysitter was, yeah. Leo's babysitter. Which is all kinds of creepy and sinister. And definitely, you can see Tony being like that. But of course, Michaela didn't do the normal thing, which is, you know, phone the police or, you know, get rid of him. Good old East Center stash could just hit him over the head with an iron. And she also said that when he was with Bianca, she was with him as well. Yes. Because that's when Whitney was like, well, no, he was with Bianca. I think even Whitney was confused. Yeah. She's like, wait, that didn't happen. <laughs> that was trying to recreate my history. <laughs> That's not on my wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> swear Digital Spy taught me that that wasn't what happened. <laughs> Goes back and watches previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to figure out our own past, our own backstory. Um, yeah, she basically says, well, I could have stopped him, but I didn't. I ran for the hills. Okay, um, that's quite terrible, Michaela. But, you know, as a compassionate human being, I can understand that she was terrified, shocked, all of this stuff. But then later on, she says that she loved him. Like, straight after. She's like, he was like a big kid. No. No, no, no. no. He was childlike because that's how he lured children to him. He didn't, he wasn't a kid. God, she did my head in. And mine. Honestly. I was so confused by her and disgusted and annoyed and yeah. angry. Yeah, I went through a wave of emotions. Yeah. Like, really. I was like, yeah, I hate you. You're crazy. Now I feel sick. Now I hate you again. You're crazy. Feel sick again. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, it just over and over again. Over and over again. So whilst they're having a chat on the square, Max says how. Well, Max is the one who rings her and then she picks up and that's when we're like, you've had that phone the whole time. So he goes and tells everyone because she says that she's with Michaela. So he announces like, yeah, I was going to help her do a runner, but she didn't in the end. And yeah, she's with Michaela now. So Grey tries to be the hero and it's like, I'm going to go and get her. <laughs> Has a breakdown in the car, cries to some that. sad music, screams a bit, you know, the classics. I love the song. 
You're not, not alone. alone. And that's Grace sitting alone, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> I love it. Grey makes it in the end by being the, the hero and knocking on the door. Yes. I mean, as rescues go, it's right up there with Tiff, Callum and Ben's, you know, rushing to Whitney's aid and really, they arrive as she lets herself out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Whitney has proven time and time again she actually doesn't need other people to save her. She just needs to, you know, get motivated enough to just walk out of the doors. That's all she needs. <laughs> because she literally just goes up and just goes, I'm leaving now, Michaela. Same time next week. Uh... Thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to rate you five stars later on TripAdvisor. Yeah. You had a lovely kitchen and bed. I love the ensuite, But I think it's time for me to go now. I love it, honestly. I mean, I do love it as well. Because she's like, you ain't no killer. I'm like, well, she wasn't a kidnapper or a stalker to begin with. And... Neither was Leo. <laughs> they are now. <laughs> like, they're crazy. So Grey tells her that actually Michaela used that voicemail that she played and took it to the police and the police just dismissed it because, I mean, that whole family are crazy. Mm-hmm. So Grey says, but you need to press charges on Michaela. She kidnapped you. Whitney's like, but she's grieving. <laughs> I mean, that's not an excuse for kidnap, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, people are, when I'm down, I sometimes just, you know, go out and do a bit of, like, murdering. Like, I mean, you've got a lovely heart there, Wit, but she kidnapped you and held you hostage. Yeah. I mean, I guess you did have a lovely room. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. She's like, this is even better than prison, really. <laughs> um, I kind of think it comes off from the point that actually... Michaela's already in her own prison. Yeah. Michaela wants forgiveness. I think Michaela has to live with the fact that she didn't do anything about Tony and for her that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, and that also led not only to all of the yeah. guilt that comes with what happened to Wade, but also this led to Michaela, Leo. Yeah, and she will have to live with that. It's like Wit says, she can't erase what's happened. You know, the things that happened to her that Michaela could have stopped caused you know rob leo and probably next gray to come into whitney's life yeah gray so they're back on the square Mm -hmm. jean calls whitney stacy yeah that was weird uh kush was like what but tiff went don't you ever do that to me again (laughs) (laughs) i actually wanted to channel Haley slater in that moment (laughs) I want to just be like, no, don't you ever do that me again. <laughs> and then the moment we've all been dreading, but we knew was coming. Mm-hmm. There's Chantelle at the blinds looking out. Grey looks at her, looks back at Wit. And we just knew. We, knew we just knew it was coming. Whitney feels like he saved her, even though technically she walked out the door. Yeah, she saved herself as usual. Yeah, she always saves herself. Like, no one's ever... Re- they say they're there for her, but as we said earlier... Yeah, they're not. They're not really doing anything. Whitney is... She just saves herself. Oh, yeah. Whitney is on, Whitney's on fire when it comes to protecting her, you know, herself, saving herself. She don't need no man. Nope. And certainly not this man. <laughs> Definitely not this man. Jesus. Grey basically says, you're an amazing woman, Whitney. 
and then stares creepily at her. Great news happening then, guys. But I want to leave you on a positive note. Crazy Michaela sat all alone listening to just one song. You're not, not alone. alone. Are we ready for a pinch of patty time? My playlist from Spotify. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best moments ever. So for about, I would say two years maybe. Uh, Connor had a playlist called, he was meant to say Pinch of Party Time, but it was called Pinch of Patty Time and um, a group of us noticed it and we thought he just noticed it as well or might have made it it as a joke. In actuality, I had just been a little bit tipsy and had misspelled party and put patty. It wasn't, I went, oh, you know, your playlist Pinch of Patty Time and you went, what? And I was like, pinch of patty time. And you're like, it's not, it's party time. And I was like, yeah, it's been for like two years. <laughs> yeah, we were at a barbecue talking about it. I put my playlist on. Which one? Pinch of patty time. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's so good. I've listened to it loads since then. It's like, since I'd actually made it. Never picked up on it. Never tweaked. I think we brain did that thing, you know, when like autocorrects. Yeah. Like an autocorrect, like a single letter in like a, a word that's a mistake. I think that's what happened. <laughs> oh. But yes, it was all about Patty, wasn't it, these last two weeks? All about Patty. As you know, we like to um, go with Cherie on this and call Patrick Patty. Because we're now yeah, a bit obsessed with it. A bit like when the woman from Redwater calls Cat Kathleen. Yeah, we love it when someone calls them by a different name. At first yeah. we were annoyed, and then we became obsessed. It's just weird because she's the only one that says it. So then we get obsessed with the fact she's the only one that's doing it. So let's and do it I too. She calls him Patrick. When she calls him Patrick, I get confused. And I could just talk about. <laughs> like who's that? <laughs> Patrick, yeah. Oh yeah, Patty. <laughs> it was because like when she first came on the scene, Cherie, she just called him Patty in like every sentence. Every sentence. It was like. You know how, like, when Lisa came back, all she said was either Portugal or Mel. <laughs> Sheree just said Patty all the time. That was what happened. <laughs> so she was working. She was doing some hair, wasn't she, Emma? Yeah, it was open and they were doing For stuff. The first day. <gasps> and they had a heart attack. I was like, you've got a customer. They've got a customer, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sheree was cutting, um, cutting Ruby's hair, but I think it looked the same. Yeah, which is a bit of like an Emperor's New Clothes style of thing where like, you know, she convinces Ruby that she's done something different with her hair. But actually, there's nothing different about her hair. <laughs> I love it when Ruby was just like, yeah, I could go bald. I was just like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> like, sometimes I just feel like shaving it all off. <laughs> Having a Phil Mitchell or a Keanu. Like, can you imagine? You know what? She could put on a leather jacket and she could be channeling at inner Keanu or Keanu and Phil. She could become, dare I say it, Dark Ruby. <gasps> well, so she has her hair done. Yes. Um, exactly the same as it was. And then Denise, Patty and Isaac run in, shout for Cherie. She knows they're there. Then she gets surprised that they are there. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. You shouldn't do it to a woman of my age. And I was just like, 
we are talking about? They said happy birthday as they came in. They were like, hi. <laughs> That's not a shock. <laughs> and then Ruby has to have that awkward moment that we've all been in where you just have to hang around and you can't really leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the worst, the worst situation to be in is when it's someone's birthday, but you've forgotten. You've forgotten. <laughs> Everyone else turns up. And brings that present. I love it because didn't Ruby say, your birthday, you didn't mention it. <laughs> Quick save, Ruby. I like your way of thinking. Blame on them. <laughs> Don't even let it set in that actually you're the one in the wrong. We're not remembering. They get... I mean, they all look out for each other. Yeah, Emma. They all look they out for each other's birthdays. We all look after each other, but we just don't remember each other's birthdays. Sorry. It's just not a thing. We don't rescue it. We don't go to any of the court hearings. And we don't remember anyone's birthdays. But we all look after each other. Yeah. Bye. It gets a bit more awkward for Ruby because Cherie gets a holiday as a present of Patty. They're going to go to Trinidad. And it's going to be that night. So... Ruby says, oh, have you got time to pack? Literally, no one answers and they carry on with the conversation. She's just stood awkwardly in the background. We've all been in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But it wasn't as awkward as Isaac, I have to say. Isaac had the most awkward moment because he gives his own mum a present she clearly hates. We've all been there, haven't we? You know, where you've got those relatives, and I'm not trying to sound materialistic at all, but like, you know, those relatives who really are so distant that they can't get you anything decent. They just get you like a box of like sweets or something. They kind of still expect you to open it and be like, oh my God, it's a box of (laughs) celebrations on Christmas. I used to hate it. My anxiety would go through the roof. My social anxiety on Christmas day used to be scatological so Cherie did what we all do where she goes it's lovely sweetheart <laughs> you don't like it do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do I do it's a lovely photo of me you and your not dad I'm <laughs> sure she would have already had that photo as well exactly it's put from her collection <laughs> put in a frame. oh my god you know what I think Isaac's actually done because she would 100% already have that photo I think she already had that up and he's just took it and went, there you go. I now forgot. You can put it in your house. <laughs> I see. That's from my room. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me because he does have a bit of an unusual relationship with his mum. True. I mean, where he's like literally like, what do you mean you're going out with Patty? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm your man. It's like, oh, Isaac, darling, you're about 30. It's 30 now, aren't you? Jerry and Denise decide to celebrate. And they invite Ruby because she's still there in the background. And Ruby's like, nah, I've got a club night. It was a little bit awkward because they're like inviting Ruby to one of her rival pubs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a rival nightclub. She's going to be spending her own money in another rival's like place. Please, Ruby, owner of Ruby's, could you please come to the Prince Albert across the road? Thankfully, sensible businesswoman Ruby says no, because she has her own business that would be very unprofessional and very strange because she's nowhere near as old as Cherie. That didn't stop Lola. True, which was just as weird. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 
Cherie's little party with all of our close friends. Close friends. Our close like, friends, yes. <laughs> close friends like Lola Mo. on the desk. Mo. Who I don't think ne- they've ever even spoken. No, never even spoken to her. Uh, Karen. Karen, yeah. I think maybe they've had about two lines together. <laughs> Would be made more sense to invite her own mom and Ted. But I mean, you know, they're probably off still on that cruise. <laughs> if he's still alive. She's probably, she's probably pushed him in a volcano by now. <laughs> We don't forget that that was a weird story that everyone just forgot. <laughs> I loved it because they made it like this dubbed up where Cherie was saying about like the ex-husbands and Denise was scared that Ted was going to die because one dead clearly killed her ex-husband and then they just forgot about it. <laughs> Too strange for EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a show, The Unsolved Mysteries of Warfare. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I think if anyone wants that, I think we should do that every now and again, a little treat every month. There's so we'll many things it. I could think of. And you know, my main one is why was Sonia really stealing <laughs> the money before that Christmas? Has to be answered. I think we should do this. <laughs> End of the month, Emma, I'm saying right before, obviously, we lose all of our uh, EastEnders, <laughs> EastEnders episodes. I think we should start the Unsolved Mysteries of Wolf segment. Starting with this. When was Mo and Cherie ever best friends? Oh, don't get me started because I've got one coming later on. Oh, I know oh. what you're going to talk about. Oh. <laughs> Peter and oh. Jay. I mean, I love this show because it does this to us. It just makes us go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things I love about it. <laughs> I feel so passionate about it. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I love it. We are I in mean, EastEnders. <laughs> we are E20. <laughs> I do love that... Um, we got that karaoke segment, but then we were totally, totally... <gasps> oh, we were robbed? Totally neglected. Mo was about to sing. Abba. And they didn't they didn't let me sing it. I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> never. I won't forget either. Oh, no. We don't Ask do that. <laughs> I don't forget that. And Kathy. Yeah, and Kathy. <laughs> While we were robbed... Of Mo singing Abba on karaoke. Patty and Isaac were bonding. <laughs> yeah. I've got a few things to say about this. <laughs> I absolutely love Patty. Everyone knows I love Patty. Oh, yeah, he's a legend. Love him. Legendary. He can never leave, as far no. as I'm concerned. <gasps> oh, even, no. Even if he dies, we're going to get a CGI <laughs> version of him. Like, you know, like they did the Michael Jackson tour. We're going to have that. We're going to have 3D technology. BBC can fork out for it. Stop paying for them stupid soundtracks. Get some 3D patty if anything happens. Yes, I am so with this. Yeah, that could solve the Bianca problem. Just (gasps) digitally make our Yes! (laughs) (gasps) Why not? See? Also, I would quite like patty in concert. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? I do love that every time I, like Isaac was with Patty at the beginning of their relationship, Patty was like, you've got to stop drinking. This is terrible. Focus on teaching. Hi, Isaac. Do you want to go for a drink? <laughs> 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 what can we say? Oh, Patty likes a little bit of rum. I mean, who doesn't on the square? Everyone seems to have an emergency bottle in my cupboard. Normally vodka. Yeah, normally. Sometimes Jack Daniels. So yeah, they, they decided a little bit of uh, bonding over drunk word search or something i, I don't, don't know what game they were playing i don't know what they were playing i'm confused Apparently it helped tommy because it looked like scrabble ish ish yeah yeah 
<laughs> but also, when they were spelling out words and didn't they get boobs, I automatically yeah. thought, are they playing on a calculator? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I thought that too. I, was, I didn't know like, what, what? what Bieber was doing, which went, uh, boobs. So she was like, what? What are you talking about? Then I was like, oh, right. So she, okay. I mean, let's be real. What's more random than bonding with your son over alcohol-induced word search whilst you're served drinks by a girl dressed as a chicken? I mean, yeah. all, all things are going on in this place. <laughs> Ian, what kind of establishment is this? I know. boobs. We had chicken outfits. It's, it's not a... You know, it's an unusual place, that place. I, mean, I think we should keep an eye on that place. It's like them dodgy uh, burger fans outside of B&Q. I don't oh, trust it. I wonder if they're making business at the moment, because B&Q is open. Maybe. maybe. I think they're probably doing quite well, actually. Corona burgers for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he then turns around and goes, our plan is working, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> and robot Laura's like, don't worry, I will be going to the law firm. <laughs> Continue harvesting information. Gray needs me. I need coffee. (laughs) (laughs) If only Patty had that robotic efficiency. If anyone doesn't know about the B&Q burger van, go on to our last roundup. Enjoy. (laughs) Oh, yes. What a treat. Just as delicious as those burgers, I'm sure. (laughs) 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 So, if only Patty had been as efficient as Laura in her robotic search for world domination he probably wouldn't have let slip over a game of scrabble or whatever it is they're playing that isaac's his son oops <laughs> i mean come on patty i know you're a little bit tipsy love you've had a little bit of rum so you're a little bit tipsy we've all been there i wrote patty time you know when i was a little bit tipsy so so i understand i understand but um you kind of know patty that isaac doesn't really like you that much and very protective of his dead dad so probably don't mention whilst you're drunk <laughs> that you're his actual dad and that it was all a lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> naturally isaac doesn't buy patty's quick quick attempt to save the situation <laughs> because he's like oh i was just talking about anthony my oh, son yeah love a shout out of anthony as i know well, so did i, I. We know what Paul's doing. He's dead. Well, yeah. All right, Yeah. yeah. Probably somewhere better than, well, maybe. I mean, he was a gangster as well. I just love how he's like, oh, yeah, about my son. Not you. (laughs) No, you're not my son. You're not. No, not you. You totally are. It would be strange, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be strange? Would it be strange, Isaac? Would it? Would it, though? (laughs) I mean, what is the chances? (laughs) When Isaac leaves his little his little get together with Patty and decides, I'm gonna go and be angry and drink lots in the Vic. He meets Denise. Yeah, he asks, does Patrick spend a lot of time in Trinidad? Which we know he does. Yeah, you know, we, we, he's mentioned it loads, and he's we've seen him go there as well. So that's enough proof there for Isaac. That's enough. He's like. There's something I haven't been told. I mean, he's good. <laughs> Detective Denise, come on. Detective Isaac he's, now. <laughs> he's coming after your gig now, love. He's coming after your gig. <laughs> so then they're in the Vic chatting again and she needs to know more. And 
he says that, like, what he learnt and what he thinks. And I feel like they missed an opportunity here and it could have went something like, he ain't your father. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, my God, why did they? <laughs> he ain't your father. Yes, he is. I would love that. That would have been a good one. What a callback to such a classic moment. So, like Emma says, with just the mention of Trinidad and Patty visiting there, somehow Isaac's convinced that that's enough evidence, that that proves his paternity. <laughs> Do you not want to get like a DNA test first? I am living for scheming Denise, by the oh, way. Oh, I know. I love that, where she's like... I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets Patty over at the Vic pretending she's Cherie and pretends that Cherie needs to do something at the salon. So Cherie goes over to the salon and finds Isaac there mm-hmm. and is terrified. Like she goes through the door again. She goes, oh! <laughs> She's very skittish, our Cherie, isn't she? <laughs> like, she walks through, sees him and then goes, oh! <laughs> I am that person. I do it all the time. I'll see someone coming around the corner and as soon as I do come around the corner, I still jump. <laughs> That's me. I get her. <laughs> you understand her. Why is Cherie startled by Isaac and is trying to, you know, like recover? She's like, oh, oh. Isaac then goes straight to the point. He's like not having any Cherie's <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, is Patty my dad? And she's like, hey, no, don't be silly. <laughs> Great, Cherie. Where did you learn to lie? <laughs> like, I mean, she, I laugh because she's like, Patty goes to Trinidad every year, the same time every year. I love when they said same time because I know, yes, he goes all the time, but I wouldn't say it's the same time. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'll get back to you on that one because I'm not convinced it's the same time every year. Am I solving the unsolved mysteries of... <laughs> That'll be in our episode. <laughs> episode one. <laughs> Episode one, because I'm so I'm so taken <laughs> aback by that comment. <laughs> I know. I was like, does he? Then Cherie makes a really weird comment. She goes, well, maths was never your strong point. And I'm like, well, lion's clearly not yours. <laughs> and also, he's a teacher. Shouldn't you be quite good at like, things like that? <laughs> so my favourite part, and I know your favourite part, cue sad music, <laughs> is the reveal. So... Just as Cherie is revealing that, yes, Patty is, in fact, Isaac's dad. This kind of music is playing over the top, which really made me smile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought, who have they done this, like, with? It's like Derek just came over with his piano. (laughs) Don't tell (laughs) it. He doesn't want to play Bring Me Sunshine anymore because, like, Kathy's not around to demand it. So he's just like, well, what else can I play? Oh, I know, sad Sad music. <laughs> I genuinely like to think that they've got Derek doing all this background music. He's the sound boy. That and he's still there. I go back and forth because, you know, I don't like when they try and... We're not big fans of when they experiment with these centers. Other times they have done it and I've went, that's fine, or I've enjoyed it. But this time made no sense. Unnecessary. Yes. <laughs> In that moment where... It's something like that's just been revealed. Do you really need that music? It's more of like a Netflix like, style thing wait, again. It'll give me like, um, you know, like when Whitney has like her traumatic moments. Yeah. That's what I would expect to be playing in the background. Not like a reveal of who his dad is. It was just odd to me. Just odd. It was made a bit, us laugh though. 
it was weird because they just put it on that bit and then faded it out and just carried on with the episode. Yeah, see, I think that was also the problem. They should have actually had the duff duff there. Just a bit on choice stylistically. But, but, it's out. Patty Truman is Isaac's dad. Well, we always knew. We as viewers have known for a long time because obviously Cherie told Patty a while ago. So I'm glad they didn't make it a big duff duff because that would have been weird because it's like, yeah, we already knew. It was like literally just Isaac didn't know. So the music's played. We've moved on to like other scenes and we come back and we see that Patty's talking to Denise and they're, they're quite happy. He's happy to have Isaac as a son. Isaac, yeah. however, is talking to Cherie and not feeling the same way. So she says that they were holiday romance and she never knew Patty's last name. So like she couldn't get in touch with him. And he said how he knew that the other guy wasn't his dad because he was nothing like him. He can't hold down a job. He's a drunk. Cherie just, just Cherie's like, no, nah, I'm not having that. Slaps him across the face. <laughs> I love that. Don't you ever say that about Patty. All the while, they sat under and I always look a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> they do as well. They always look their best. <laughs> I've never seen them look their worst. I did love when, like, Cherie said um, that Isaac was always a little bit naughty. I love that because I was just like, that makes him sound like a mischievous little, like Dennis the Menace. But then I was also thinking, my God, it's bringing those thoughts back about the Twitter rumours. And now I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Every time that happens, I just say, creepy. He's creepy now. <laughs> I can't look beyond this. <laughs> it's trauma. It's traumatised us. It, but it was interesting. What Isaac said about not being able to hold down a job or for meaningful relationships, because that's a little bit disturbing in itself. That might, I'm not saying that the Twitter rumours are true, but I'm just saying there could be more to Isaac than what we're seeing. Because that's very unusual behavior for someone of his age do you know what i mean like for someone of his age to be so anti-social and so disrupted in his like his social life and his his employment history it's very unusual very unusual maybe we've got another alcoholism storyline coming up with uh with isaac that's what it feels like because especially when he went into the vic and he was like i'll just have anything alcoholic and He's saying that he's he can't hold down a job and we see he can't hold down a job because every time he's meant to be doing schoolwork, he seems to be drinking. Yeah, yeah, I did like that. My favourite part of the week had to be when Cherie and Patty would like, I'll just drop this bombshell and I'll still go on holiday. I love that! <laughs> Deal with this alone, Isaac. Bye! And he watches them as they go. I know! <laughs> Celia, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm not missing out on this holiday. It's been paid for. Bye. I love, I live for that. Cherie slaps him. Isaac calls Patty a drunk. Patty's like, I'm so happy I've got a son. Off to Trinidad we all go. Leave Isaac feeling sad. So, it seems that the fires of passion are a-burning in Bobby. And apparently Kathy thinks that he's a perfect match for Dottie, who has a spark of her own. Speaking of sparks, well, Nick did hold everyone hostage in the cafe and set it alight with a chip pan by accident. I'm sure Dottie would happily do the same. 
Good times, good times. Uh, I absolutely loved Ian's uh, response where he went, yeah, but sparks cause fire. <laughs> like, exactly, see? <laughs> exactly. But then again, I would also say that maybe that makes her the perfect person for Bobby because he was almost an arsonist just a, just a while back, remember? Just last year where he started seeing his sister lurking around. Well, does Kathy not remember who Nick Cotton is? I just find exactly. it. I just find it weird that she's like, "Oh, I like that Dottie. She's got a spark about her." But the <laughs> the daughter of Nick Cotton. <laughs> yeah, Kathy, exactly. I don't think you liked him. Nick also had a spark, Kathy. A murderous one. <laughs> <laughs> so. Whilst Bobby has a passion, a lover burning inside of him, he, the only person he's ever liked is Dottie and his brother. Well, we all know what he's up to. He loves getting involved in, you know, other people's relationships. Maybe a love triangle here, a love triangle there. Who knows? Maybe even a love pentagram. You know, how many people is Peter involved with at the moment? He's really getting himself familiar with the square again. <laughs> like how many people does he need to sleep with like is that how he learns about culture like yeah. people he absorbs their history by sleeping <laughs> I was like what's happened to Pia <laughs> who needs Wikipedia anymore <laughs> who needs internet just sleep with Peter <laughs> it's just so weird he seems to be in everyone's business he seems to be like this massive adulterer like I say, he's not wanting a love triangle with Bobby and Dottie. He wants a love flipping pentagram or something or, or hex, hexagonal, a love hexagonal. That's what he wants. He wants Jay over there, Lola there, Dottie there, Bobby there. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what he's going for. I hope he doesn't want Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> as partner for a love triangle. Love shape. No, as partner, no, as a lover. <laughs> This hasn't got all red water. <laughs> so you just meant that Bobby is like part of it, but not in it. Yes, just as part of a collection of people. I mean, Peter wants a blooming conga line. He's going to have a, a sexual conga line all the way down the street. <laughs> That's what Peter's going to do all the way through Albert Square. <laughs> I don't get what's Peter's like. Ah, like, I just don't get it because. As Peter has literally come back, um, you know, obviously being with Lola, we all saw that terrible decision of Lola's and terrible decision of his. But I mean, at least in that situation, he didn't really, he doesn't care about Jay or like Lola, really. Well, he cares about Bobby and he knows that Bobby fancies Dottie, but he's still like he's entertaining flirting with her. It's weird. It's, uh, it's not the Peter Beale I remember. I don't. Well, anyway, they're flirting, aren't they, Mother? They're flirting away, Dottie and Peter. Well, cause... yeah, Dottie's offering a leaflet for rubies. And then, you know, Bobby creeping in the background, in the window. And he's then... like a friendly creep, though, isn't he? It's not like Leo. Oh, no. He's like, he's like a friendly creep. He's, he's come from, you know, a, a much more innocent place. Innocent creeping. He jumps up behind them like, hello. <laughs> he just wants to ask Dottie for dinner. Yeah. But then, nice. yeah, then he drops in. My nan said, mm, 
Romantic, eh? <laughs> Romantic there, Bobby. <laughs> oh, Bobby's like, do you know what? I look at Bobby and I think he reminds me of Thomas the Tank Engine. Like, you know, that kind of childlike <laughs> level of intelligence. Oh my God, yeah. that could be like that new theme tune <laughs> for Bobby. <laughs> Mixed with EastEnders. Spin-off. Yeah. Half Thomas, half half EastEnders. Oh my God, why is that not a thing? (laughs) (laughs) And yes, obviously, Dottie is a little bit like, because, you know, as flirty come to bed, you know, offers go. My nan wants you to come around for dinner isn't the best way to get someone into your bed, is it really? Like, I don't imagine that's going to pull many women. But unfortunately, not in this universe. Because Dottie's like, yeah, I'll come over for tea, mate. Oi, pals. (laughs) If it means I can spend more time with your brother while also blackmailing your dad, oi. I mean, that's a win-win, isn't it? That's a win-win for her. Maybe she'll get a burger out of it. Oh, another free burger. I mean, if she married into the family, she wouldn't have to worry about paying for burgers. That is true. See, maybe that's what our game is. Maybe it's just like, right, look, I can't blackmail Ian anymore. I'll just marry into the family. I'll just marry into that business so I can get free vegan burgers. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So, obviously, Dottie was also giving Pete Flits to Ruby's. Then Bobby's saying how he wants to go to Ruby's. Now, this is where it gets a bit weird <laughs> so Dottie says you're too young yes yes he is he's too yes. young to be in a club legally however Dottie I like yeah do you not remember going to a club with him not long ago with Bex yeah I remember I got her out of those overalls then she actually does reference it later when she says like Remember you said like you didn't do drugs anymore and stuff like that. That's from this same night that went to the club. So <laughs> how was he getting into clubs then? But now he's too young to be going into clubs. I'm so confused. You know, it was to celebrate Bex randomly moving in with Bobby, Ikra and Habiba. You know, she invited herself. Brilliant storyline that. Uh, what, what happened to that storyline again? Hello, storyline. Where have you gone? <laughs> Hello? Has anyone seen that storyline? It's in the Bermuda Triangle of the Square. It's round the with, corner. With the rest of them. Donna and everyone. The Ameds, they're all behind there as well. <laughs> I mean, come, that storyline was weird. Who the heck invites themselves to live with people? I'm never going to forget that scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said if I ever needed anything. I don't think you meant that, Bex. Yeah, I don't think you meant it really. But then again, if I was Bobby, I probably wouldn't have offered anything when she literally goes, I just need to get out of that house. And he's like, well, if you ever need anything, what do you think you could ask for? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Dottie knows fine well that she went on a night out with him. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Why is he suddenly too young for her? Why is he suddenly too young for anything? She was happily flirting away with him. Yeah, um, not long ago. Not long ago. She was happily going on nights out. Not long ago. And offering him drugs. Not long ago. Isn't Bobby only two years younger than a maximum? Like, at the max, yes. And I still, I don't believe, I still refute Emma. 
the age of Dottie. I think a Mandela effect has happened. We do. I think it has. But we have Googled it and it turns out we are wrong. (laughs) It was literally the most shocking thing I think I've ever experienced. Even more shocking than coronavirus. Like, honestly, look at it, at that thing and saying that she's meant to be 19. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't believe that. I refuse to believe she's 19. I think that's some sort of like historical editing or something. I feel like they, someone's altered time. Someone has affected time and space. Because we thought, if I'd been friends with like Tiff and Bobby as a kid, she was obviously their age. And then all of a sudden, she's Bex's age, but. Like, we just yes. can't put together how her and Bex could possibly be the same age. Exactly. It's just, it's just so weird. It is just so weird. So, while she's obviously not too keen on Bobby coming to the night out because of, you know, his age problem, he does still decide he's going to come, doesn't he? Well, first he does a, a wonderful dance around the... Oh, fabulous dance. ...the house. Bobby for Strictly. He believes that he can get into Ruby's with Peter's passport. Peter's also going to the club, so he's also going to be in that queue. And Bobby looks nothing like Peter. Maybe it's just night of a thousand like Peter's. Maybe like all the Peter's just turn up there. That's Everyone why who's ever played Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like all the you know the baby versions of them all grown up and like. Ben Hardy in the corner. They're all there. They're all there. Imagine all the menu will be Peter-style cocktails and <laughs> banners. <laughs> <laughs> the web of photos Mel had, but they'll all be Peter. What a dream! That that's that's dream goals. Let's have a uh, let's have a, a Peter Beale night. <laughs> and you can dress as your favorite Peter. I do actually love the idea that like he's just going to pretend that he's Peter. Honestly, like he looks nothing like nothing like him. Nothing like, especially this one. This one's like a 12 foot tall beanstalk. But essentially, because obviously we know he does get in, Ruby's staff, security, if she has any, her, if it was her on the thing, I would be really confused because she knows both of them. But whoever's letting them in has essentially saw both of them and went, ah, yes, Peter one, yes, Peter two, aha. Yeah, I know. Honestly, what is happening with Ruby? She has randomly hired Vinny and his. After breaking into her, like, establishment. Oh, that's weird. Not only did she bring Vinny along, when she went to go and collect Vinny, she went up to Dottie as well, because it was them two together. Yeah, yeah. And told them both to come along. I can't! Dottie's only coming along to sell drugs. Exactly. When did Dottie become part... Like, is this how people get jobs now? Do you just, like, kind of go, well, if my friend gets hired, I'll come along for the day as well? Yeah, just like, Like, I'll just want to chat with them while I work, so is that all right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, imagine. I'll do the job and she'll just do some, something else, yeah? Yeah? Is that fine? Like, come on, that's weird. You don't hire two people when you've just hired one. What credentials does Dottie have? And what is she actually doing? Like, what has she been hired for? Vinny's hired to be on the decks. But what is Dottie hired for? Because they even say they made a good team and I'm like, Dottie, as far as I'm aware, just done drugs. She's just selling drugs. Like, I love that, though, right? Because then later on, we get a bit with Ruby where she's, like, trying to be all professional. And I'm just like, you've hired a security guard who can't even tell that there's two people who are basically using the same image. <laughs> like, one is is the actual person, the other's using his passport. Is it like those memes where it's like, um, yeah, copy my homework. 
Yes. Yes. It's like literally identical. And then you've also got, she's hired a drug dealer for the night. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's fabulous. And then Finny, whose only credential is that he came in and started playing his own music on her decks. He broke in to do that when she wasn't at work for it to see him do it. How are these people hireable? <laughs> well, you know, Jay's used to hiring random people, so maybe it's Ruby's true, turn. True. <laughs> so, anyway, because of obviously the lax staffing in, in the club, Bobby does get in, doesn't he, Emma? He does. He has a, a little flirt again with Dottie. Tries to buy her drinks, but uh, Peter's buying her drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit odd anyway, because he, by this point, absolutely knows, absolutely knows that Bobby fancies Dottie. Yeah. He's even just, like, kind of been, like, a wingman kind of thing with him, and he's like, don't worry, bro, like, you know, like, I'm here. she might not be for you, but then he's, like, also bigging him up and stuff and saying, like, you know, go for it and stuff. And I'm just like, but then you're buying her drinks, <laughs> Peter. What are you doing? I'm telling you, that's how he gets around. He gets himself... That's how he learns from people. He just sleeps with everyone. It's the only explanation. Either that or it's a compulsion. It's like a sex addict. <laughs> he's going to be like Wiki Peter by the end of it. He's going to have learned everything from everything he's consumed. <laughs> yeah, he will. Denise will be sitting in the corner waiting for some gossip and he go, well, well. <laughs> well, when I was sleeping with so-and-so, never guess. <laughs> you know their back history? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eve, I loved it because Bobby even mentions that they went on a date to McClunkies as well. I'm just like, because nothing says romance like oh, deep fried chicken. No. And also, when did that happen? Because we didn't see that. Yeah, I don't remember that. Do you think they just went randomly to there? Because she was like, oh, I'm just going to pop in. He was like, ah, yes, I will also pop date. in. And we will be on a date. Yeah. Because <laughs> we will have to sit and eat together. It's one of those dates where you don't tell the other person that you're on it. <laughs> but he's he's adamant, isn't he, Emma? He's going to get that girl. He's absolutely adamant, isn't he? And you know how he wants to impress her? By buying some drugs off her. Great idea, Bobby. Do you remember what happened last time? Luckily, she does say, no! Just to say, say no. No. no! No! Just say no! Just say no! Just just say no. no. <laughs> no <laughs> you don't have to be part of the crowd <laughs> little bit of Grinch Hill for you kids for you kids out there so yes Bobby's too young for drugs apparently and maybe too young for Dolly guess that's the dream's gone in it <sighs> it's alright though because do you know who's not too young for her his older brother Peter how amazing, eh? Apparently they're the same age. <laughs> Except they're not. Peter's it... like 27. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't Peter our age? Yes! He's like ancient. He's got a kid, he's a dad. Like, <laughs> she might as well be dating Ian Beale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so weird that he is entertaining this. What does a 27-year-old man with a child have in common with a 19-year-old girl who deals drugs. <laughs> so true. I did love when Peter was, like, so impressed with, like, Bobby getting into the club and he was just like, oh, Lucy and Stephen will be proud. Well, I don't know that Lucy would, Peter. No, I don't think Lucy's ever going to be proud of Bobby, is she? When she's uh, in the ground. Yeah. Because he hit her over the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
which is the murder victim of her brother. Yeah. 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 And Stephen, well, he didn't care about anyone anyway. No. So he won't be proud. He didn't care about any of them. <laughs> so, yes, um, apparently they would be proud in Peter's eyes. Not sure they'll be proud of him taking drugs. No. That's just, just say no. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what he does, isn't he, Emma? He just goes over and does a little bit of light thievery. Well, yeah, Dottie won't give him the drugs, but a little friend will. Yeah. Who is that? Who is he? Where did they find him? <laughs> Honestly, like, so sorry, has Ruby now hired three people for the price of one? Like, <laughs> did you go, I'll hire Vinny, but I'll also take used to as well. Well, she hired Vinny and got a great deal. <laughs> Two drug dealers for the price of one DJ. Like, gift <laughs> <if> purchase. <laughs> what next? A card? <laughs> yes, your Ruby card. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? A An- Nando's um, black card, but you'll get a Ruby's one. Yes. Honestly, you spend £100 on Ruby's <laughs> and you'll get a free Dotty. Unlimited drinks at Ruby's. And on the side. Plenty and plenty of drugs. Like, come on, what's happening to this night? <laughs> it's just descending into, like, Roman chaos. Like, it's crazy. What gets a bit worse? Bobby collapses. I mean, who would have thought that a boy who's on antipsychotics and has recently had a brain injury, um, taking drugs would cause him to have some sort of, you know, issue with his brain? Who would have thought? They all rush to his rescue. No one seems to think an ambulance is a good idea at first. It's just Bobby. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, Emma. We've got Lola, the receptionist on hand. She'll come and help. But head teacher Ruby is in action now. She is. Gives him a telling off. She does. She does. She makes sure he knows the seriousness of this crime. She's like, listen, listen, this was serious stuff, Bobby. You could have died. And then when they go, should we take another doctor? She's like, ah, actually, probably not, because, you know, I could ruin my business. <laughs> I love how professional she is. Straight. She's like, gives them a right tell off. And then she's like, don't take me to the doctor, so because they'll obviously ask where I got the drugs, and then they'll come around here. And obviously, Dottie hates liars, but in this particular moment, she doesn't admit that it could be her fault. Of course not. No. <laughs> Completely different when someone else lies for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not her fault. That's not her fault at all. <laughs> Dottie, I, no, I wouldn't do that. Nah, Dottie do drugs. Nah. I mean, that little leather bag, as if that's not suspicious. <laughs> nah. I mean, I do love Ruby as well, because professional businesswoman that she is, she's like, you could have ruined my, my, my place. You could have, you know, destroyed my business. And then she's like, well, I guess we'll just continue the night on after Bobby tells us that he just found her in the bathroom. That's a bit I didn't understand, because then... Peter and Jay take Bobby home and everyone else carries on with their night like nothing happened. <laughs> I just love it. Like, does Ruby not think maybe shut down the night since yeah. there was like clearly drugs being sold there or like maybe, you know, stop and search everyone as they're leaving. But why would you do no, that when you could make some money? Of course. Get some more three for two cocktails going. See, she pretends she's not like Johnny Allen. <laughs> but I think, I think there's a... There's a bit of dark ruby there. <laughs> Gangster Ruby's showing. She's showing. <laughs> yeah, she is. A dark ruby's showing. So yes, Peter decides I'm going to have to take Bobby home and 
and you know look after him puts him to bed doesn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day when they're all when him and bobby are sat down and obviously ian and kathy are in the corner chatting peter quite loudly starts talking about the night <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it'll be our secret <laughs> what is <laughs> don't worry connor it will be our secret. It's, it's so wink, wink. <laughs> so naturally, they have to tell Ian the truth that he was caught with drugs. Apparently, Kathy thinks you know boys are boys, and uh, <laughs> you know that's fine. But I mean, she would because uh, yeah, <laughs> she, she tell drugs herself. <laughs> I don't forget Kathy. Plot twist: he got them off Kathy. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> that's why she's fine with it that's exactly why she likes Dottie see, see that's why Dottie, where Dottie's getting that stash from so Bobby storms off Kathy tries to defend him Ian's fuming um, I mean he even says like I've lost enough kids and really he has he's Fair lost point. my fuse. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I, I can imagine that it would be bad for his uh, you know image as a counsellor that his son was doing drugs that might be bad. Um, and then Bobby rushes to Dottie because he just needs to go and tell her the truth. Just needs to tell her how he feels, doesn't he? So she breaks his heart, obviously. But with his heart broken, Bobby decides he cannot hold his tongue anymore. He does the only thing he possibly sh- can and should do. He goes and tells the truth and tells on Dottie because she wouldn't date. I love it. <laughs> now all the bills are against her. <laughs> that obviously angers Ian more because he already hates Dottie and Peter's not too happy either so he goes off and he goes to confront her and tells her to stay away just thinking about him there right I just have to say when he goes there he's like stay away from my brother and it's like yeah but Peter you also disliked him when you first came back yeah that's a bit I think I'm confused at the most it's one minute he likes him the next minute he remembers he murdered Lucy. Then he loves him. Then he remembers he murdered Lucy. Yeah. I think, pick a side. <laughs> <laughs> Any side. <laughs> Just so that's easier for us to watch and understand. I would love Just... a scene where they discussed it. Because I think it seems weird that Peter left because of that reason. And yet they haven't confronted the situation at all. Never had any sort of sit-down conversation. Maybe if actually Bobby sat down with them and discussed why he what happened and you know all of that and how he's changed maybe that could actually help peter like heal him a bit and and stop this flitting back and forth but it just seems like we're just never going to get it just seems like we're going to get the dotty bobby and peter love triangle are you ready for another slice of peter pie because he was in everyone's business this week emma so the week starts with Callum sat in the cafe waiting for the results of the assessment that seems like has been going on a long time. It is, doesn't it? I feel like it's been going on forever. It's because he never ever made it to the assessment for a while. I was thinking, <laughs> the poor thing. Like, every, every time he was going to have the assessment, he got kidnapped or like, you know, something dramatic happened. Boat crashed. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, what? <laughs> So we all had our fingers crossed for Callum because poor guy, he's been through enough. He just wanted to do the assessment. He deserves this. Now we're all waiting for the results with him. And Jay and Lola walk in and obviously Jay's best friend 
Yeah, he's, he's his best friend, Emma. Best friend for years. Peter. Oh, is he calls him Pete? Oh, yeah. Pete, yeah. Peter, or Pete, Pete, wants to go for a drink with Jay at lunchtime. And Lola's like, you can't just do that every lunchtime. Can I just say, are they changing history? When did they do it every lunchtime? <laughs> I don't know. I do not remember Jay going, let's have a drink. When did Jay develop alcoholism? <laughs> I don't, Suddenly he's drinking from the bottle. I'm not being funny. I don't remember them ever being friends. So exactly. <laughs> First it's Dottie's age that Mandela are infecting with. Now it's uh, Jay's friendship. What next? Will someone stop messing with time, please? Whoever's gone back and butterfly affected this thing, they need to go back and change it. Peter and Jay are not friends. I would say they knew each other and probably acquaintances, but I wouldn't say... Yes best friends which it seems to be the level they're on now where they do everything together all of a sudden i would imagine they were neighborly yeah you see them in the street you say hello and only a few weeks ago during the whole proposal jay was annoyed with peter and lola's friendship he thought there was something a bit suspicious going on and he wasn't a fan of peter being back but now they're best friends of course emma because that's how it works (laughs) that's how this works (laughs) I love it. Race history. They can't be apart now, and Lola's getting really shifty around Peter and stops all conversations, or she demands to know what's going on, and yet Jay hasn't realised how obvious that is. I mean, bless his heart. He is that lovable idiot, isn't he? He's a bit like Billy Mitchell in that regard, where like the the obvious is staring him right in the face, and he's just not. He's just not seen it ever. But even though Jay's not allowed to drink, that's not going to stop Lola. Oh, no, she's allowed to. Yeah, because whatever Lola wants, <laughs> Lola gets. I mean, she just goes off to have a little party, doesn't she? Yeah. Does she ever work at that hairdresser's? No. <laughs> because if you think about it, it was just Cherie in there that day. And then obviously Denise came in with the presents and stuff. But Lola's like Lexi. Lola doesn't go to work. Lexi doesn't go to school. Do you know who we need? We need Suki to come along to be like, <laughs> what are you doing not at work? That's what we need. What are you not doing behind that desk? I would love that. <laughs> Suki for like truancy slash employment enforcer. <laughs> like, love that. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so she's she's partying away. Ironically, sitting around talking about, you know, her man and how much she's happy with him was respects playing in the background and also the women are talking about like life's too short just to be with one man yeah lola would know that mm, yeah give a little respect <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have listened to the words but apparently mo fancies jay that was quite an illuminating moment <laughs> she's gonna hide him in a wardrobe I don't know that I can compete with Mo. I could compete with Lola, but Mo, well, what can I say? Madam Whiplash has got many more years under her belt than I have. Obviously, here in respect and these women talking about this, she just gets to her and she says that she's just going to get ready for the night at Ruby's later, which we all know she just goes and puts on a slightly different tracksuit. <laughs> No, that was a lie. What you really done is go up to the balcony and cry. Because that's what you do. That's what you do. That's what they all do. And Callum appears 
and he gets it straight away. He's like, is this to do with Peter? You ain't fooling him. <laughs> and also, he passed his assessment. Way! I'm not surprised with an inspector or investigating skills like that, Emma. I know. I mean, he was able to tell that something was wrong just from the fact she was crying. <laughs> I mean, she is making it obvious every time Peter's in the room. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, why are you here? I mean, come on, Dola. If you're going to lie, at least do it well. <laughs> Do it like Dotty. <laughs> <laughs> so, bless Callum. Um, he basically just says, well, does he need to know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think also the time to tell him the truth is completely gone. She should have told him it from the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. Where now, she's just made it, like, she's turned something that was a one-time mistake into, like, this enormous affair. <laughs> Because yeah. like, now, time. when it gets revealed, and obviously they're best friends now, when this is all revealed, it's going to sound like it's been going on for ages, and no, actually it wasn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going on a lifetime. I knew you were going to PT Peter's PE sessions for some something else. <laughs> you never took any Converse or Blimpsels. <laughs> so she takes Callum's advice, and she doesn't tell him. And they go to Ruby's, all dressed up. Yeah, all glam, wearing her denim tracksuit thing. <laughs> that was everything, wasn't it? I say, like, who wears a coat? Like, who wears a, like, because it was, wasn't it? It was like a jacket. Who wears a jacket inside a club? Not here, obviously. Not here. Not here We're in Newcastle, so you know that just wouldn't be allowed. Jay's looking hot and dancing his best, isn't he, bless him? He was. He was really going for it. I liked his little moves. I did too. I have a soft spot for an awkward dancer. I have a soft spot for a Jay. Let's just be honest. I'm just coming <laughs> I was up with say, excuses. Let's, but... let's just be real here and just say it's just, Jay. I'm just not going to lie because I don't want Dottie to hear us. So. Yeah, exactly. Got to be honest. Yeah. Got to be honest. Always be honest. Isn't that right, Lola? <laughs> <laughs> so they're dancing away. Um... Jay randomly refers to Peter as a hunk of a man. And I was like, sorry, sorry. Is this now moving from friendship to homoerotic friendship? <laughs> We're moving so quickly, Emma. Next will be dating. I was going to say. Maybe that's the twist. The twist is, so Lola's going to announce everything, but they're going to announce they're a couple. <laughs> We've already been sleeping together anyway. <laughs> Lola, Lola, you may love us both, but we're together. It'll be like one of those Jerry Springer episodes, you know, like, well, I've got something to tell you. Yeah. I've been cheating on you with Raven. And then Raven comes out and then the other person goes, well, I've got something to tell you, babe. And then just runs up and like starts kissing Raven. Yeah. Peter loves to get himself around. (laughs) He doesn't care. Clearly. He loves his different love triangles. He's trying to make this one a, you know, a, a polygon. <laughs> a love polygon. So as the night continues, we've reached that same point we've already talked about where Bobby does, does the wrong thing. He doesn't say no. He takes some drugs and collapses in the middle of, of the night. And who comes to the rescue? None other than Nurse Lola with all of her many years of First aid training. But then Peter and Jay decide, no, it's fine, Lola. We're going to take them home together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, they are, they are having an affair now. 
Don't worry, Laura. You stay here. You enjoy yourself. I'll be go home with Peter. <laughs> they have a little heart to heart, don't they? So, you know. Yes. Well, I loved it because Jay basically just spends the night hiccuping. It's great. And then that was just everything. That made um, me laugh so much. So, yes, uh, Jay's hiccuping away and calling Peter the most loyal bloke. <laughs> mm. Maybe once. But I'm not sure if he is now. Plus, <laughs> since he had a personality transplant from New Zealand. <laughs> but then, obviously, Lola walks in and makes another weird statement. Like, why? What's happening? What are you talking about? Why would you not go? Why do you need to know, Lola? Yeah. Why are you so suspicious of my new boyfriend, Peter? Why are you literally <laughs> almost, like, crying every time we're next to each other? Like She knows. She knows they're in love. She knows they're in love, yeah, taking them apart. <laughs> Listen, if anyone supports this uh, ship, get in touch. Um, we're going to class it as uh, Pay. Pay or Jita? Or I like Pay Jita. Make it sound like a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> I think I like Pay. Yeah, Pay. I think hashtag I'm... Pay. I think we'll go with Pay. I think Lola's not going to be hashtagging Pay. No. Lola's on the edge of having a nervous breakdown every time they're in a room so you know <laughs> but they're best friends they're best friends keep that kind of friendship apart so naturally when you're best friends with someone you want to be with them every day don't you you want to go that next step yes we're not talking about marriage no Jay is doing what he does every time what he does best he does, he does it amazingly doesn't he Emma <laughs> he's hiring Peter Yay! It's not even in his authority. I don't even think the corkers know that Rainey and Stuart work there yet. Never mind Peter, who hasn't been checked or anything and just works there all well, of a sudden. Well, we all know that that doesn't matter, Emma. True. Stuart literally said, can I touch the bodies? You're hired! <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think Jay allowed Rainey to. I think it was a case of Stuart work there, so Stuart let her in and let her just do what she wanted to do. <laughs> it's like a that funeral parlour. I know. There's more people working in there than there is anywhere else. <laughs> they conglomerate now. <laughs> a pyramid scheme. By the end of the year, every resident will have worked there. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be there. How many jobs does Peter have, by the way, as well? Yeah. PT Peter, working in um, the Albert. And now and here? Also, also, he's now going to be working at the funeral parlour. What? What? <laughs> to be fair, we've seen him do what? One? One PT session. True, yeah. yeah. That lasted lasted all one episode. It's almost as long as, you know, Bex was living with Ikra and Habiba. It's Sheree's party. And poor Linda, well, she's not invited. Denise says it's just like her close friends. But close then friends, Lola. Karen Taylor and Lola run past and Linda's like, oh yeah, close friends. So she's lying, obviously, and Linda notices this. And Denise says, well, I, it would be hard for you. It's going to be, like, a lot of alcohol. So we just thought, like, in your best interests. But she's saying how this isn't in her best interest. This just makes her feel worse. And she's not going to go along. But she ends up going along, and her and Denise have a nice little chat. And Denise says, like, she'll walk her to a meeting and talks about her struggles with alcohol when Patty was ill back I love these references, like, back I love then. that, because 
no one really remembers the like Patrick illness. Do you remember? Yeah. When he had the stroke. Yeah. I like I love when they they jump back in time a little for when we get to hear like about you know like Patty does it where he talks about like Anthony or Paul. Like I love hearing little little nods back. I also thought for a second when she said about her struggle, she was referring to when she was eating out the bins. I thought when she mentioned her struggle, she was meaning the time she um she slept with Phil and had that awkward one night stand when they were both incredibly drunk. Yeah, she had a lot of struggles to these. It's hard to pick from them. Kidnapped by a crazy ex-husband, uh, a crazy husband, sorry, because he wasn't yeah. ex at the point. Yeah. So weird. So weird. So Linda goes to her meeting and she's talking, even though the woman says, like, for the first one, just sit out and just talk with, when you're ready. And she's like, no, I've geared myself up to do this, so I'm going to do it. But Phil walks in, so Linda doesn't. Linda says mm. that she just wants this group to be hers. However, <laughs> this is Phil's regular group, so he can't do that. I love the bit which even suggested, you know what, I could do Monday, you could do Tuesday, <laughs> you know, I'll do Thursday, you do Friday. Didn't work like that, Linda. I love what he was like, this isn't a social club. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I've been waiting for Linda to have scenes with Phil or Stuart, and I'm finally getting to see one, and I'm really happy. I'm like, ah. Oh. Cause... I know because we've got a little bit of a promise, didn't we? That like maybe, maybe Stuart would be part of it. Yes, we he, did. He brought her, like he kind of brought her back into the the group world, didn't he? Phil makes total sense though because we know how much Phil has over the years struggled with alcohol. So to see him going to the meetings with Linda, I, I really enjoyed that. It's actually refreshing because my gripe with the Phil alcohol storyline was that it was done and then like almost disappeared. Like, he was almost on death's door and then suddenly he just made a miraculous recovery and was completely cured of his alcoholism. Like, and then, like, recently, the last few, like, the last year and a bit, they've been bringing it back. They've been, like, referencing it much more, like, Phil threatening to take a drink. And, you know, like, this scene in particular, we've seen how he's currently struggling with his addiction because of the death of, of Dennis. And so he is gone backwards a bit and we're getting to say it again we're getting to experience that story i, I do actually think they play his story quite well when it comes to alcoholism yeah. and i think he is it this is long overdue that they had like a conversation um so it's, it's gonna be interesting and see what else comes of this but linda gets back to the vic <laughs> and she tells mick that she saw phil and he's like phil mitchell no, Phil Collins, we sang a duet of In the Air Tonight. <laughs> Such I've a mean like thing images. to do. I would totally do that. I've just got like images of Linda dressing up as like a gorilla, you know, from the Cabri's advert. Start doing the drums. See, I had uh, visions of Phil Mitchell on the drums. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it coming in the air tonight. <laughs> then Shirley's like, well, maybe you should listen to Phil. And in some ways, yes. I think Phil does have a lot of things that they can mutually benefit from, like knowledge. But the way, the way Shirley presents him, it's almost like he's the Yoda of alcoholism. It's like, it's bizarre her dedication to him. Like considering all the things he did to her. Oh yeah, Shirley is very dedicated to Phil, no matter what. Yeah. She, yeah. It's like anything happens, should have asked Phil. Well, she's the one who suggested he buys the Vic as well. 
So he comes in, he says, yeah, I'm going to pay full asking price in cash. I've come full circle now. And Linda's like, we're not, we're not selling to Phil Mitchell. Well, Phil decides, right, I'm going to tell Mick what's been happening. So Linda's using me as an excuse not to go to the meetings. He basically just says she's not ready. And Mick's like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> like, obviously it's worried. Like we have seen Linda spiral back and forth quite a bit. And, like, Phil's words saying things like she's not ready, that would have struck Mick. And we always see Mick going and having a look just to check that she Mm -hmm. hasn't had any, because we have seen her take a drink at Denny's funeral. So he keeps going and checking. So when he hears things like that, he's probably really concerned, really worried. That probably pushed him further. Like, I think Phil was intending for it to be like, well, you want to get out of here quickly. Because yeah. she's still not ready. I think that's kind of what he was doing, wasn't it? He's trying to push, push them further out the door. So Linda goes and storms over. She's not happy with Phil. How dare he say that? Yeah, how dare he come and stir things up? So Phil starts to open up to Linda about his battle with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Offers a cup of salmonella. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. <laughs> well, he offered Ben arsenic the other week, so... You know. He's got it all in his, his little pantry, doesn't he? <laughs> Salmonella, arsenic, what next? Cyanide? <laughs> Phil's <laughs> dangerous <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> and whilst they're going back and forth, Linda obviously offers to tidy up, doesn't she? She has to get her marigolds on. And she goes and gets out a bottle of something that Sharon uses for cooking. It hasn't been opened. And I thought this was really, really mean of Linda. She then just starts trying to tempt him to have alcohol. I was just like, I don't understand it. Because <laughs> at first I thought she was just trying to prove some sort of point about, I don't know, maybe that he was obviously making these accusations about her and she was taking it. And that he's just as bad as her, essentially. Yeah. And but really. That's what I like, thought maybe, but then it turned out that it was more like, Oh, this is what you're going to smell the Vic. It was more like, I don't want you to have the Vic. <laughs> it is just so odd. I think I think it's um, it's funny because Linda kind of, they are similar. Phil and Linda obviously do have alcoholism, so that they have that in, in common. The difference, though, is that Phil has got, like, decades and decades on her, and so he's done a lot of work on himself. Yeah. She's at the beginning of her journey with alcoholism. He's somewhere probably in the middle. Like, the, you know... It's a long road and she she's nowhere where near what Phil is. So it's odd that she was like, let's have a game of Russian roulette. Let's let's tempt you, Phil. Let's tempt you. Well, I loved Phil's next remark because basically he says he doesn't want to drink because he doesn't want to blot it out. Yeah. Meaning obviously Denny. And like it's it's such a poignant moment for Phil that like he's basically saying, listen alcoholism was a way for me to escape it was for me to basically forget and not worry about things um and i have to to suffer for this i have to it was very in theme for this week you know whitney's line to michaela was i have to live with what happened to me so do you Mm. phil's basically saying the same thing i have to live with the guilt of what's happened to denny it was very good i really enjoyed it his words obviously ring true with Linda, because Linda turns around and says, I'll sell you the Vic. On one condition. You 
become my sponsor. I thought that was such a good idea. It is. I love it's the thought. <laughs> yeah, I love the thought of Phil being Linda's sponsor and actually getting help from someone who's been through it that we know and that because on the square we know like a few of them have had. There was Lauren, like yeah. Denise touched upon her time, Phil and alcoholism. That was a m- massive storyline that spanned over yeah. many years. Still going on now. Just brilliant. It's everything. I love it. So Linda then goes to a meeting the next day. This time she does open up and she does chat. And Phil turns up and supports her. At this point, he wasn't technically a sponsor. He was still thinking about it. So he mm-hmm. says, like, because they go back to Phil's. And he he was really impressed by her speech and says, like, he will be a sponsor now. So it looks like Phil is on his way to the Vic also. Happy Easter, everyone! On the square. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, due to the episodes that we're going two times a week, I'm just hitting Easter in Albert Square. Let's do, do the, the time warp again. Let's check out them on deal, my dear, because you should have just waited until after all her Easter eggs. Should have waited until after, because we all know they go down to like. They do. On the Monday. Get some good deals. Don't worry, she got her hot cross buns. That's the main thing, isn't it? And all she wanted to do was give them to Whitney. But we all know that couldn't happen. Such a shame. Hot cross buns can cure anything. Kidnappings, Easter blues, you name it. So as we said earlier, she goes off to give her hot cross buns to Whitney. Whitney's not there. She is acting a bit different. Yeah. And Kush is starting to notice it a bit. She broke the plate in Sonia's and although Sonia wasn't bothered, Jean was getting very um, upset by it. She is confused as to why people want to lie to Grey about where Whitney is. She talks about Stacey whenever they're talking about Whitney. Rummaging through bins. <laughs> like, you know, she's, she's doing a lot of odd, peculiar little things. <laughs> and we as viewers obviously know why. But everyone else doesn't. Because we saw a while back now, after a few words from Shirley, Jean basically became convinced that she no longer needed her medication. And so she hasn't been taking it for months. That scene was a while ago now as well. Yes. Even if the episodes were like four a week, it was a while ago. So that's quite a long time she hasn't been taking them. She's extremely, extremely like energetic and high and you know (laughs) clearly clearly not with it when she keeps referring to Whitney as Stacy I mean that last scene when 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 Whitney um, comes back when she's finally saved she calls her Stacy we were so worried about you Stacy and then they all just walk away with her is no one going to notice that because Kush earlier in the day when she was mentioning Stacey, like, this is like Stacey all over again, off to Mexico. Is that the kind of life she wants to live on the run? And Kush is like, Jean, this is about Whitney, not Stacey. That's not going to happen. And then she keeps doing it. And then in that one, when she calls her Stacey to her face and Whitney's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and only Kush was questioning it. <laughs> so, yes, Jean is completely off her rocker. It's... It's becoming more and more clear to us as viewers. And 
because you're starting to get suspicious. I did love when she walked in. <laughs> it was it the next day and she'd got all the Easter eggs and she was like, surprises! I love that. I thought she could have went back like 12 such a surprises. Like... Prizes and surprises! <laughs> I love when uh, Mo was like, I hope it's Lou Roll. <laughs> I know. We're having a toilet roll shortage. I was like, is she a fan of the fan fiction? We have a toilet roll shortage at we the moment in do? our fan fiction if you haven't listened. I can't work out what's happened because obviously these were filmed ages ago. It's like, I'm like, did we we predict something? (laughs) Maybe someone is part of our hive mind. (gasps) Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we should just work for EastEnders. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Definitely no movie and uh, Doc Martin (laughs) if we were in charge. I was just going to say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) That is literal hive, hive mind there. Yeah. So... It's not such a surprise, nor is it Lou Roll. I have to say, I loved her extenders egg, like competition slash play that she was putting on. <laughs> what her her pushy parent routine was just everything. I wasn't loved it? it. I was like, was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Jean is like she's on Dance Moms. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, she is. You have to do that again. I'll break your legs. <laughs> She was proper stars in your eyes, kids' parents, wasn't she? She was like, you better get out there and win! <laughs> <laughs> so, Kush goes to find something. And when he opens the drawer, he finds a massive stack of prescriptions. Yeah. Can I just say, it's a bit odd that with Jean not actually having banked them in, you know, like giving them over so she can get some pills. Yeah, why have the doctors not said anything? Yeah, <laughs> just total neglect. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It is very odd, isn't it? It's, so, it's all kinds of odd. But anyway, Kush now knows what we all knew. Jane has stopped taking her pills. So he goes and asks Shirley for some advice, not saying that she hasn't been taking them, but that she's acting a bit different. And Shirley's like, oh, well, as long as she takes her meds, she'll be fine. And Kush is like, oh, well, I can't tell you, but she's not. I mean, would you go to Shirley or would you... I know she's a friend, but would you not rather go to someone like Sonia or Ash? Yeah. You know, someone who's got medical training. Who can advise you? Choices. That would be too sensible. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jean is attacking Phil's house with rubbish. Everything that was... <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Jean, I've had enough, Phil. So have I most days. <laughs> Phil, a mood. I love it. That's the current lockdown mood, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're all a Phil now. <laughs> I mean, I did love that Jean. I know she's obviously like off her rocker and off her meds at the minute, but like she just spoke for everyone. Stacey should be back by now. I know. Stacey's living in terror. Like, I was like, but why? It makes no sense anymore. Jean, you're speaking for the nation. We want her back. Phil doesn't even know who Stacey is. But Phil, he still doesn't care anymore that he's been hit over the head. That was so last month. Sorry. I mean, last year. So many things have taken over now. I mean, Sharon was having a baby with Keanu, Keanu, but then it actually will totally be Phil's. Denny died. 
board crash. The board Ben's crash. Deafness. Yeah, Ben's deafness. All of that. Like, come on. Come on, bring Stacey back. <laughs> I think this storyline is going to bring her back. I hope so. I think this does seem like a way to bring her back. Mind you, Jean isn't alone. Jean isn't alone in this. Kush says what she's doing at Phil's, rushes over, tries to calm the situation down because he knows what Phil's capable of, and then takes her back home where she proceeds to play the piano and uh, join in all of the childlike frolicking and madness. Every time I heard the piano, I just thought of Derek. I know, me too. (laughs) I was like, are they going to play some tinkly sad music over? (laughs) (laughs) Like, every time that piano plays, I'm like, Derek's Derek's coming. You can hear that that piano playing. (laughs) Derek will be coming. He is our music man. (laughs) He sees you when you're playing. (laughs) He knows when you've got a piano. (laughs) (laughs) i love it and obviously with that noise the blaring noise in the background of gene hammering away on the piano like a child and like the kids screaming and stuff poor kush at his wits end basically takes shirley's advice to heart disney just give her a meds he thinks what could go wrong he thinks so he puts the tablets in some soup Calls Jean over and says, Jean, your soup's ready. Now it's time for Hero of the Week. And this week it goes to Phil Mitchell. Yay! I mean, we did see a different side of Phil. He was very supportive. And it was interesting to see his take on alcoholism as well. We rarely get that. I loved seeing the scenes between Linda and Phil because I've been wanting her to be having moments with either Phil or Stuart about this so she's got someone and they can talk about their experiences together and I'm finally seeing it and seeing Phil become a sponsor. I mean, we know how much Phil's been through alcoholism. I think this is a great idea. And I loved seeing him be supportive, being a sponsor, helping her go to meetings. And even when she was taunting him with the drink and how well he'd done and the way he threw it away. I also loved his poignant scene when she said, how are you going to cope in a pub? And he goes, well, I don't want to drink because drinking blots it out. And I, and I want to remember. He wants to feel the grief for Denny. He doesn't want to let go of that. And that was so poignant. It was so sad. Now it's time for this week's Slapping Jan, and it goes to Michaela. Unless we want to change our mind, obviously. Yes, I mean, come on. Between Michaela's um, insanity, kidnapping by knife point, and you know, <laughs> just uh, flitting back and forth from like and wit to hating her, she has to have a slapping down. It's time for this week's ratings and we will be rating out of Phil's because Phil is our hero of the week and we're going to give these last four episodes 3.5 Phil's. I mean, Phil was everything this week. I loved his storyline as well. That brought a lot to the week so that bumps it up a bit. Yeah, I love Phil, Linda, Jean. Oh, Jean's Jean's story has been great this week. Loved me little bits with Lola and Peter and that back and forth. But and there's just a few little loose ends that I need pulling up. This week's episode was sponsored by Michaela's 
luxury Airbnbs. Perfect for kidnapping the girl who killed your son. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.